Welcome everybody to our monthly B2B business solutions um, for the more success team. We have this every Monday um, that is the first Monday of the month. Okay. So the first Monday of the month, every month at 7 p.m. Central, we have our business solutions Zoom. We we gotta get better on um like recommending this Zoom and that sort of thing. Um we have some really good training. Um, next month, we will do uh, the top 13 tips. Um, and so that will be next month. So make sure that you get your team and have them plug in. And actually, the top 13 tips um, can be for any aspect of the business. Okay, so um, that's what's great, too, because you can apply that to, you know, every aspect of the business. So Make sure you plug in next month and we're going to do that. Um, but tonight, what we're going to do is we are going to take advantage of our newest $300,000 ring earner um, that achieved it on payment earnings. Okay, so how fantastic is that? Um, and we're going to do a little Q&A session. Okay, um, and so I'm going to have some questions that I'm going to ask him. And then if you have some um, you can put them in the chat, and at the end, if we have enough time, then we will um, address those in the chat box as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I'm like so excited for Jimmy to be able to get the $300,000 ring. Um, he was at the 250 with us, and you know, it kind of stinks now because it's not a recognized ring. So we go to events and there's a lot of times we don't even get recognized <laughs> because we have the $250,000 ring. So I told him as soon as we got the call from corporate and I was able to talk with him, I was like, you finally get recognized again. Yeah. <laughs> the $300,000 ring. Is recognized. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like so excited. He is, he has put in the work and effort. He is a fantastic um, trainer. He's a top producer, over 20,000 personal memberships. And that's just what he claims. I mean, there's thousands and thousands more that he's personally um, written that, you know, he's had to share whatever with field training and helping other people work their accounts. So we are blessed for him to be part of our family with the more success team. And so we're going to take advantage of that. And we're going to open this up to some Q&A. So Jimmy, I'm going to ask um, my first question, which is just to tell us briefly about your background and what attracted you to PPLSI. Uh, well, uh, I was born at an early age, close to my mother. Uh, no, I don't think you want that much detail. I think I'll, that we don't have enough time for that. So um, uh, most of you know, in fact, I may let you answer the question because we've, we've got a lot of friends on this call that that have known me for most of my time. But uh, uh, in May, I will celebrate 24 years uh, with the company. I came in in 1999 and uh, I actually heard about the company in 1998, I was just getting acclimated to the internet then, and I was getting some emails that came out, and it's on prepaid legal services, and you know, it sounded really good. I remember back then, they had two meetings that year, one in Nashville, one in Philadelphia, and I was saying, you know, I'm not too far from Nashville, three hours, I might could get there, but that person never followed up with me, never did, and then uh the following spring, I had actually for 1998, I'd been named the uh, the single adult minister of the year by, interestingly enough, an Oklahoma non-denominational publication. 
And um, because my background is ministry, as most of you know, and uh, at that time in the 90s, I was the uh, uh, an associate pastor of the largest Southern Baptist church in the state of Alabama. We had 7,000 members and 1,200 were single, and I was a singles pastor. So it's like pastoring a church within a church. But I'd been named the single adult minister of the year, and my hometown, Montgomery, Alabama, asked me to lead the mayor's prayer breakfast, and they had about 500 people there. Uh, long story short, my parents were there, got introduced to, uh, uh, I was recognizing some people that were instrumental in my formative years, and I told uh, some people about uh, a gentleman, and he actually, was, his name was Don Bryan, and Don and I had gone back to the 60s together, Don and I got reintroduced, and he recruited me into the company, and I didn't do a whole lot at first, in fact, I didn't do much for three years, uh, but I, I did uh, like the employee benefit arena. And I guess one of the things that uh, meant so much to me was the fact of being on the more success team, uh, getting to know, know Ken Moore. I didn't know him at that time. I didn't meet him till I came to a meeting in 03. So a couple of things I will say, number one, don't give up on your slow starters because I didn't do but 37 memberships in 37 months. Uh, but also I didn't go to an event. Uh, you know, I just, I still had a full-time position. I really, Don did not attend events. Don is le was legally blind and so he didn't travel very much. And so he was my ticket until I was making some money doing that. But either way, I'm glad I got involved and, uh, and looking forward to celebrating 24 years with the company. And as I said, 37 memberships in 37 months. But then when I got cranking in the fall of 02, uh, which now was about 20 years and five months ago, I've done over 20,500 since that time. So uh, thankful to have got started and to have been on the more success team and Glad to work with people like Stephanie and Jeremy and obviously Ken and Shirley. All right. Thank you, Jimmy. And so we're just going to like dive right into it. I know some of these are going to be, um, I mean, questions that everybody's going to be excited to hear. So uh, my question to you is what tips can you share on conducting a, a successful decision maker meeting? Well, I've done a lot of those in my years. And one of the things that I appreciate so much about Ken Moore was, uh, you know, after I'd had a chance to uh, become uh, named the trainer of the year for the company back in 2005, it was the following year that Ken told people that I would travel. And so I had a chance to travel a lot of places. In many of those instances, they they had warm markets. And so, you know, I guess in looking at that, the most important aspect of um conducting a successful decision-maker meeting, at least for me, it was, I rarely cold called. Uh, that's just not how I built my business, but I was fortunate that I had built relationships through the years. Obviously, uh, you know, I had a big high school class that I was in and was class president. We had 650 in my graduating class, and I knew a lot of people from that. Uh, went to the University of Alabama, pretty large school. I was a treasurer of my fraternity and was in an honorary there. And then I, of course, was in a large Baptist church. So I knew a lot of people. So I played off those relationships and also got involved in networking organizations. Don't misunderstand that. That's not network marketing organizations, but I primarily focused on, uh, you know, uh, certain things that when I got in would help me make, I would know the people. And so one of the things that I try to do is I like to win that decision maker meeting before I ever walk in the door. So some of you have heard me train on this before, but you know, when someone agrees to meet with me, I send them a handwritten note. And uh, this is kind of when I dug this up after Stephanie and I talked today about some possible questions. And this just says, uh, 
you know, Stephanie, thanks so much for agreeing to meet with me Friday afternoon, September 14th. Looking forward to learning about you and your company and how our benefits can help solve the problems your employees are bringing to work with them each and every day and at no direct cost to your company. See you Friday, Jimmy Parrish. So it was just a handwritten note. It was on Legal Shield letterhead. And I would send that, drop it in the mail as soon as I booked the appointment. Then a couple of days prior, I would email them just as a reminder. And I would say, if for some reason you can't meet, please let me know. Because if they had to cancel, I didn't want to go running out there because my time was valuable. But if they canceled on me, I wasn't going to cancel on them. If they canceled on me, I felt like they owed me. And then in that email, I would list some testimonials. And maybe you're saying, well, Jimmy, I don't have any testimonials. I haven't done anything. Well, people know you. They know you from different walks of life. So who can you get to write a testimony letter about you as a person, about your character, about what you did in another in another job? So, I mean, I sent testimonials and, you know, from large companies, small companies, in-state, out-of-state, so that I would send that information to them. Uh, and that's what, you know, kind of worked for me for, it was relationship building, Stephanie, is what helped me, I think, in just, you know, setting up that successful DM meeting. All right. Excellent. What are some ways you build a relationship of trust with the decision maker and help them effectively see value in our products? Well, I, I, uh, I like to go into a room. And as I said, first of all, nobody will probably have ever done what I did. So they don't they don't send a handwritten note. Uh, they don't email. They don't send testimonials. It's almost like, who is this guy? I want to stand out. I want to because people call on these people all the time. So what about what you're doing or making yourself different? And I don't mean different from other legal shield reps. I mean, other people that sell anything. What makes you stand apart? And then when I actually get into the office for years, I've just kind of focused on six F's, six words that start with a, with a, with a, with an F, fishing, football, family, food, faith, friends. No scientific proof, didn't look it up anywhere, made them up. Fishing, football, family, food, faith, friends. What do what, what do those words mean? That just means, folks, that I can typically go in one of those six directions and start a conversation about anything except Legal Shield and ID Shield because I want them to buy me. And we get in there and they've got something on the wall about maybe it's Oklahoma football or maybe it's on bass fishing or maybe it's praying hands or a Bible. Uh, I remember one lady was in there. I saw a picture of her and another lady, I said, uh, you know, is uh, is that your sister? She said, oh, no, that's my daughter. And she, I had her. I mean, it was just, we developed a relationship. And then I would go 12, 15 minutes. I said, oh, I'm so sorry, Stephanie. I said, we'd be through in 20 minutes. And I really haven't, you know, I've been going, enjoying getting to know you. And I really haven't gotten into the products and, and the values that we create. And they typically go, oh, just take all the time you need. We're fine. So once I've done that, I don't have to feel like I'm rushed, but it's like I'm trying to win the room. I'm trying to build that relationship by, you know, going over certain things and, and establishing a common denominator. And many times I've gone in and they've agreed to sign the form and they still don't know what they're signing. They've just bought me as a person. And I think that's what helps is build those relationships. Realize this is a this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. If you're trying to make a quick sale, get a quick group, you're not going to be in this long term. Exactly right. You are 100% right. So do you have a certain approach that you like to use for prospecting new group accounts? Uh, well, as I said, uh, typically, I, I like to focus on four areas. One, as I said, I don't like to cold call. I've never had to do it. Uh, and again, some people do. And I know we have people that'll be on the blitz tomorrow, and they'll just be calling from a list. And that's better than not calling at all. It's like, 
the old saying I've told people, halitosis is better than no breath at all. So if you don't know what halitosis is, look it up. It means bad breath. And it's better to have bad breath than be six feet underground. And same thing here. Cold calling is better than not calling at all. So if you don't have a list of groups, if you don't have a list of prospects, by all means, start picking up the phone and dialing for dollars, as I like to say. But I've through my 23, almost 24 years, Stephanie, I've really focused in four areas. Uh, number one, uh, who do I know that owns or operates a small business? And I try to, it's when I got started focusing on companies of 50 employees or less, because it was easy to get through to them. I didn't have to worry about, you know, layers of management. Uh, number two, uh, I would focus on where I was spending my money, my follow my dollar list. And many of you on this call, you've heard these trainings over and over again. But, you know, what I had to do sometimes is start my list over again. I've been doing this so many times and I've, because I have, a, I make the mistake of prejudging and you got to go through and make a new list. You don't, you don't do anything. You're in the first quarter this year. You're not made a new list this quarter, this year. You make a new list for 2023. I can promise you, you have met people over the last year that you hadn't even thought about. You hadn't even put on a list before and you need to start that list again and don't prejudge. So, you know, warm market, follow my dollar. As I already mentioned before, networking, and I mean networking in the community, joining chambers of commerce, uh, civic clubs, networking organizations, entrepreneurial groups, churches. You know, you need to go to church for the right reasons. But, you know, when I was a minister at a church here in Birmingham, it was one of the wealthier sections of our, our metro area. And at that time, back in the 70s, when I got out of seminary and came to Birmingham, there were four bank presidents that were members of that church. I mean, big banks. And I was the youth pastor. Many of those kids, I was their, their minister. I was in those homes. Goodness gracious, if I'd been selling that, I'd have had relationships built over the years that I've been able to tap into those 15, 20, 25 years after the fact. So I would say from those points, that's that's kind of the prospecting approach I have used. And the last one was referrals. You know, who if you don't have any of those things, you don't have a warm market, you're not spending money anywhere, you're not in a networking organization. The US people say, you know, call somebody, text them, say, I need a favor. People want to help you and just tell them, I'm trying to break into this. And I need to know some people that, you know, where you're spending your money. Are you in a networking group? Uh, do you have some uh, you know, friends, family that own or operate a small business and play off of their relationships and use referrals to get in? Yep. I agree. I agree. And speaking of pastor, you know, our pastor, he hears, you know, from a lot of folks that, you know, are going through troubles and need some sort of legal advice, you know, and so he, he refers people to us, you know, constantly. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that, that's a, that was a good one. Okay. Um, what tips can you share on how to effectively get a DM to agree to a date for your enrollment? Well, before I go into, um, you know, um, I, I still, as an old man, I have a, I have a good memory and my wife sometimes doesn't like that. You know, um, she'll say because of her cancer, she says she's got chemo brain. Well, she can pull that off now that she's cured. She can't use that anymore. I'll tell her, but she's convinced me all the time. You know, my, my kids still call me rain man from the Dustin Hoffman character because I don't forget things, you know? And so when I go into an enrollment, I've already looked at the calendar and I know kind of what the dates are coming ahead. And we get to talk. I'm asking them questions. I'm asking them to put their employee cap on and kind of think, you know, like what problems people bring to work to them. And then when I start talking, I just said, well, you know, is there a time during the week that you get all your employees together? And they say, yeah, we, we meet every uh, 
you know, every, every Wednesday morning, first Wednesday of, well, no, we meet every Wednesday morning and I'll, I'll in my head or I'll glance at my calendar and I'll say, you know, well, you know, I'm tied up this, the next two Wednesdays, but uh, you know, I've got availability the uh, March the 22nd or the 29th, which one of those days would work out for me to bring in biscuits to your employees on that meeting? Well, notice I didn't ask if I could come. I just used the calendar. He told me he meets every Wednesday morning at seven. So I'm just saying, well, I'm not available on the 8th and 15th, but you know, I could be there uh, on the uh, fifth, on the 22nd or 29th. So which one would work better? If he comes back and says, well, I've got, I'm going to be out of town the 22nd, but I think we can do the 29th. Bingo. I win. If he comes back and says, well, neither one of those will work, then we find common ground that will. But I use those kinds of situations to try to do kind of a, a lead, 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 lead the individual to, to a particular place. And, you know, if, if there are situations where I like to offer food and there are some situations where they may say, well, we can't pull everybody together at one time. And sometimes I might be in a situation where like we booked an enrollment, in one of our school systems, it's a transportation account. We haven't been in there since before COVID. So they're letting us come in within a two week window and we got to deal with the transportation department. They're not going to allow us to come in and have a meeting. So they can say, we've got an hour and a half in the morning and we got an hour and a half in the afternoon before the buses leave, when they get out to start picking up kids from school. So when they get back from taking them and when they're heading out again and they go to other jobs, but they've got to be there during that time. So we're going to have some food, but we're going to do a door prize. And if you want to be eligible for the door prize, you don't have to purchase anything. You just have to listen to the presentation. So things like that, we can somehow get an audience together uh, because we know the product sells itself. We've just got to be creative in some markets to do that. Now, I've checked with my state. I know I'm not violating any ethics laws. I've checked with my provider law firm so that when I offer a door prize or a giveaway, I don't ever base it. If you sign up, you're eligible for it. That's not legal in many states. But I say no purchase required. All we need is seven minutes, eight minutes, 10 minutes, four minutes, whatever you can do, a brief presentation, get them in front of you and let the products sell themselves. Yeah, that's a good idea. All right. Um, if you could share now a piece of advice with an associate just starting in solutions, what would that be? Uh, someone just starting, Stephanie, I would say, by all means, be field trained. I mean, I was field trained. I remember Don Bryan taking me out and, you know, I would listen to his presentation. I would tape his presentation and uh, I would go home and I would work on that. And I had it down. And back then I wore, you know, coat and tie. I don't, I don't know that I wear a time. I may have to wear one for the black and gold banquet since I'm getting my ring. I'm trying to talk my wife even out of that, but we'll see. But anyway, uh, but I don't wear that anymore. But when I did, I knew my presentation, but there were certain questions I asked and I kept a, the questions in my top coat pocket. I would just slide those out, go over those, put them back in my pocket. And I knew the rest of the presentation. So I'll craft it. I memorized that presentation. Much of what I did, I learned from Don, but there were certain things about what he did I didn't like to do. And I did it differently. I made it fit me. And I remember one time he didn't like it. And he said, well, you know, why, why are you saying that? Why are you giving them the price up front? And I was feeling too cocky at that time. And I said, Don, how many memberships have you sold? He said at that time, about a thousand. I said, I've sold 4,000. I think I'm going to do it my way. Well, he, he, I could do that with him. He was like a father figure to me, but he just laughed and said, you keep doing it. I'm getting overrides on all 4,000. Go for it, brother. I'm, I love it. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's funny. Whatever works for you is what you need to do. So I would say, you know, mainly being field trained until you feel comfortable doing it on your own. Cause we've all said you, you'd rather get a percentage of something than a hundred percent of nothing. And then just don't quit 
just don't quit because there are times when you could, there are times when, you know, it, it's not maybe the best time to do it, but just don't quit. Keep focused on the, on this business. Don't ever quit. And you just got to give it time. Yeah, I agree. And that's what one of my tips, um, you know, is like time commitment. You know, there's a lot of times we quit before, um, you know, we should, and it's just because we don't have as much invested in the business. You know, if you join this business, it's, you know, whether you paid 49, 99, one, you know, 49, 249, it's not a big investment compared to if you were starting your own business and you have six figures into it. So if you have a six figure business, you're not going to be as easy to quit. You're willing to get out there and do the grind in order to keep it going because you can't afford to quit. It's a lot easier to quit when you only have $49 invested, you know, and so that's what one of my tips is, you know, treat this as a six figure business that you've invested a six figure business because you're actually going to achieve six figure income if you do that. So like a two year time commitment, you know, is what you need to truly get this business going versus 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. A lot of times that you hear when it comes to network marketing on the business solution side, it's not that quick because it may take 30, 60, 90 days to, to get your group. And so that's yeah. why you have a longer time yeah. commitment. And it's not, not just quit. Don't quit your day job. Don't quit your full-time job. I've seen so many people I feel trained that they came in while well, they weren't working anywhere. They were desperate and they, they cut corners because they had to have a paycheck. Well, those are a little harder to do than maybe the person who's still working until they get to a point where they can replace their full-time income. Then it's a lot more seamless. It's better typically with your family and things of that nature. And it's just a lot better if not only to not quit period, but don't quit your full-time job until you're able to, to, to you know, reproduce that income. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. And, you know, although you do yours at the beginning, whenever you quote the price, Melissa Wilder does too. That was one of the things that she promotes in her training that she says the price up for, I don't, I do it at the end. I feel like I want to build, you know, um, what the, you know, what the product is. And then at the end, you know, kind of show them that it's not hundreds of dollars that it may right. sound like by the time I get done. And um, I've not sold as many memberships as Jimmy. I've only, I'm only at 14,000. I'm not at 20, but I will say, like he said, you take and do whatever's best for you, whatever fits exactly. you. And yeah. so, but either way will work. Okay. Um, the next question, in your opinion, what is the most important thing that leads to success in this business? Um, for me, at least in my market, Stephanie, I would say uh, integrity. Uh, because when I got in the business, uh, and they asked me from this, I think from the stage in Phoenix, we had a similar question about that. And to me, when I got in the business, I mean, we didn't call it PPLSI then. It was PPL, but, you know, legal, we were a four-letter word. I mean, it was like going in a business and people would cuss at you, get out of here. Because the people that were in my market before me, were just not good. I mean, they we went through group vice presidents every year. They and it wasn't that they didn't didn't want to do it anymore. They got kicked out of the business. I mean, the first year I was here, you know, we got sued. They had to come to Alabama to defend the case because people were telling people on the Title II for what we used to call Title II, the moving traffic violation. Oh, yeah, you get a traffic ticket. Sure, they'll take care of it. No problems. That's not true. You all know that's not true. So we were we were barking up a you know a tree. So the thing that I was most excited about and looking back over my almost 24 years, 
yeah, I'm proud of the rings and yeah, I'm proud of my titles and I'm proud of all the money that I've made and, um, and, and just being able to be financially free. But it's like in any market, anywhere I go in the state and talk to people and or associations that I'm a member of, they know that this business is a reputable business. They know me to be somewhat of character. They know that uh, if I say something, you know, if, if it's not right, I'm going to apologize and say, we'll make it right. I did that just, you know, uh, last Friday, I had a situation. I said, it's, I'm sorry, something happened and we need to fix that. And it was in an account that I did an upgrade on and she required payroll slips for everybody and we didn't get it done. And she almost didn't let me back in this year. So Friday afternoon, when I could have done a lot of other things, I had to go about 30 minutes one way and collect eight payroll slips that were due in March of 2022. But she wouldn't let me come back into, uh, into the account this year until we had those done and I've gotten them back. She sent me the most wonderful email. I don't think she thought I would do it, but I did. And I took a basic a bad situation. And now I would give Jeannie Taylor a, a, as a reference. She would say good things about me and she would say good things about Legal Shield because if it's wrong, admit it, make it up, do it right. It pays dividends in the long run. Mm -hmm. I agree 100%. Yeah. Um, again, that's one of my tips is like credibility. You know, it's so important. You don't need to oversell the product. You know, you just say exactly what it is and then let the law firm take over. You know, there's no need in overselling. Don't overpromise. Mm -hmm. um, and it also helps on the other end with your residual income as well. I mean, so not only oh, yeah. are you building credibility, you know, you want to be honest in building your business. That's for sure. And we all know that if you're not, bad news travels faster than good news. And sure. those HR directors, they talk, those payroll reps, they talk. And so they could, it could spread like wildfire and not just affect you in one account, it could affect you in multiple. So yeah, right. I agree with you on that one. All right. Um, the last one is, so if anybody has any questions, hurry up and put them in the chat. We got a few more minutes. Um, the last one is leverage is discussed a lot in network marketing. How have you effectively leveraged your solutions business? Well, as I told you before, I, I traveled a lot of places uh, before, and that was because of Ken Moore. I mean, he said, tell him, you know, Jimmy travels and he'll come to your market. And I've been to 44 states in the last 23 and a half years to train and, and enroll <clears throat> and enroll with some of you in your markets. Um, but then when Sherry got her cancer in 2016, I tried to stay more close to home and I started using more people. Some were on the more team, some were not, uh, you know, and I'm, I'll say this to you guys, because sometimes the best people in your market may, may or may not be on your team, but I had to do something that would, would keep my integrity intact, but also get some people that would go out and write memberships and be invited back into that account. Shame on me for not recruiting more people, but I didn't. And so I was, I was able to bring in more people, but by doing that, that's allowed me to not only get a ring I never thought I would be possible to get, but to do it as earned because I just continued building, stayed as earned and, and got to that point just by continuing to write memberships. And so you can leverage yourself in solutions because when they would go out and I've got 300 accounts and I understand 70 of these are school systems. And some of these school systems have 15 to 20 schools. I've probably got 1500 to 1800 school account building groups that I could go and see in any one calendar year. So there's people enrolling almost year round, but when they go in, it's like I'm a landlord of 15 to 1800 apartments and they go in and work. It's my account. They pay me 50% rent and I never left my house. 
And that's what I call leverage, but it's all about getting the groups, go out and open the groups. My daughter does well in real estate where she lives. And they say in real estate, what are the three most important things? Location, 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 and try to be the listing agent. Because if you list the house, doesn't matter who sells it, you get paid. Same thing with being a servicing associate of your group. Doesn't matter who enrolls in that group. If it's your group and you share that, you're going to get paid. So by all means, it's, it's an incentive. Go out and open groups or do the right thing where conservation groups can be given to you over the course of 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And then it, it's it's an unbelievable lifestyle that can be gotten by this business from going out and being able to leverage your accounts in the solution space. Yes, I agree. But I will say it is a lot more money if you recruit somebody that's yes. in your downline. Right. I know. So you want, this you is, want, yeah. If, you, if, if this was a church, I'd be walking forward to rededicate my life right now. I've done it wrong. I'll admit I, I need to, I have sinned and fallen short of the recruiting. I can admit that, but, and I would have been, I'd have been at 400,000 if I'd used my own team members to do this. So I'm just saying, you know, yeah. learn from my mistakes, you know, uh, yeah, don't, don't do it just like I did, but it's important. It's so important that while you're building your business, you know, to recruit people along the way, join arms and then build it together. And that way, when you get to that point where you want to step away, you know, so-called retire in this business, you know, you're you're retiring with people that are right below you. And so you're not having to give so much of that away, even though you get, you know, say half. It's just think of the overrides you could be getting on those that aren't on your team. So, right. yeah, we we also want to focus on that as well. I know we're business solutions that recruiting in the business solution space is very important as well in yes. building your, your business. All right. So there's no questions in the chat. We are also at 731 and I try to be a little bit better than Jeremy about the time and stay on time. So <laughs> <He's probably> gonna... <laughs> could you hear him? All right. Hey, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I am going to go ahead and um, in the zoom Jimmy, I want to thank you for taking the time to answer those questions for us tonight, to assist with the team. I want to congratulate you on achieving that $300,000 ring on payment earnings. I know how hard you work to get that. It couldn't happen to a more deserving person. And so thank you for all the hard work that you that you do, as well as the leadership that you provide for the More Success team. We thank you for that. Well, it's been a joy and couldn't have done it without the more success team, as I said at the outset. And I know I'll have an opportunity to share a little bit more in 30 minutes. And then I think hopefully maybe a full call within the next several weeks, as Jeremy has indicated. But I uh, appreciate all of you and your contributions as well. And Stephanie, always thankful to work with you and Jeremy. So appreciate you allowing me to speak tonight. Hey, Jeremy, appreciate you allowing me to speak tonight. There goes. Stay off the screen, man. We just just put your hands in. Don't mess it up. Stephanie's too pretty to have you in that screen. Oh. All right. So we have another exciting Zoom in 30 minutes. We have Mr. Cliff Malloy. And so you know, huh? Oh, and some of our top recruiters. Yeah. Top three in the top five in the whole company. Oh, yeah. The top three um, out of the top five in the entire company are on the more success team. I mean, how great is that? Wow. So that's fantastic. So, yeah, we, we have a very exciting call. Um, coming up for, on the networking side. So please make sure you plug in, make sure you've checked with your team that they know when to be on. We want to be on early. Um, Keith is going to be our hot man. So he's going to have it ready to go. And so um, with that, I will sign off and say thank you for tuning in and we will see you in 30 minutes. And to remember to keep God number one, your family second and PPLSI third and everything else will take care of itself. God bless. See you in 30 minutes.